0: back to Talking Talmud. I'm Anne Gordon, here with my friend, and Chavuta Yerdena Osband our daf of the Day, Masak HaKidushin, Daf Yud Tet. Page 19. So I'm going to start at the bottom of Amad We're still in all the different possible cases, right? We've got a lot of I, I, like off-the-beaten-track kind of cases on these few Daphim. Amar Rava Amar of Nachman Omer Adam Levitok Tana Tz'i V'Kabli So what happens? Rava says to Rav Nachman the following, that a person, a person, meaning a father, can say to his daughter, who is a minor, go out, go now and accept your betrothal. Meaning he's not doing the act. He's not not accepting it for her. She's not accepting it on her own behalf. She's accepting it on her own behalf because of his say so. Right. So it's as if she becomes the agent that the father appointed for the the Kabbalah, right? For the accepting of the betrothal, even though she halakhically can't really be that shaliyah. You know, so then the question is how could that even work? Right. So I there's something very like, I don't know, circular or mathematical of you know, in the logic of this that she goes out to accept her betrothal that she's not eligible to accept because her father sent her to accept it. So it's on his behalf, it would seem. And the question is, how do we learn this? And we learn this from what Rebiyosi, the son of Reb Yehuda, said, namely, or the Gemara is really going to ask a question on So the the governor asked, "Didn't Rabbi Yossi, who's the son of Rabbi Huda, didn't he say that the sale, the original money from that sale, is not used, is provided for the purpose of a betrothal, but rather she theoretically could use that same money, or at least the amount of a pruta of it, it you know, as a betrothal, if if there's the rationales, if there's enough time for her to do an amount of work that's worth a sheva pruta." That's worth a pruta. So I'm going to read it again. Inside, if there's enough, if it's if there's left enough, the worth the worth of a pruta, meaning of the time that she's working, then that could be kiyushin, right? Or couldn't it be? Wouldn't that work? And then the case then means, or rather, the gemara that is referring to a case where the father has basically sold his daughter into maid servanthood. And in doing so, right, she is then eligible to accept her own betrothal, you know, assuming that there's enough time left for her to do so. the father then does not get the pruta. She accepts it. She accepts the kiddushin as what's worth a pruta for the work that she's done. And now she's betrothed. So since that case can work, meaning that case where the father has kind of given her over to her servitude and therefore she has this like modicum of agency at the very end of it to accept the betrothal through the amount of work that she's putting in when it's, you know, evaluated as the amount of a pruta. So to here she can accept her own betrothal money with the consent of her father. Now this is, I think, as Gemara logic as we've seen in terms of needing your thumbs to under to, to come to the rationale that the father's involvement in, you know, selling his daughter as a an maidservant and thereby putting her in a position where she can actually technically, under the right circumstances, accept a betrothal is the same or tantamount to saying to her, go accept a betrothal for yourself. V'amara, V'amara, of so then Rav, says, the Rav Nachman says that when somebody betroths a woman with the loan that has with it a collateral, right? Meaning he's giving up the claim to the loan instead of saying, you owe me this money, right? Rather, he's going to give her back the collateral, the mashkon, and with it, she's going to be betrothed. We saw this kind of case at the very beginning of the Masachet, if I recall correctly. That is likewise derived from Rabbi Yosei Rabbi Yehuda, from this same view, namely, let's see. But isn't Rabbi Yosei Rabbi Yehuda the one who says that the money, the original money for the sale of the maidservant, it's not given for the purpose of betrothal, it's given for the purpose of buying a maidservant. I understand how dis unsettling all of that is, right? I'm just trying to follow the math here, and then we can be appropriately outraged at the process here. I I do think it is relatively outrageous. Hi, he, he, mashkon, It gets worse, really. The the vocabulary here. Um, that if the the loan here is the manner. By which this betrothal is going to take place, right? It's via the collateral, and then, but what's the collateral? She herself ends up being the collateral, meaning she, her presence there, her physical presence, is the is the surety that the loan will be repaid, and by virtue of that, she then becomes betrothed. <laughs> So here's it says, if, the, if there's enough time for her to do enough work that's worth the value of one pruta, it should not be a lot of time, right? And at that time, he designates her, and I know, Dana, you're, you're going to talk about this in much greater detail, then that's going to count as betrothal. Meaning, the proof here is that he can betroth her with this kind of you know remaining time on her servitude, because she's the collateral, so it will work as kiddushin in the event that she puts in the time that's worth a pruta, and and thereby she ends up accepting her own betrothal like through this process. So the whole thing here is kind of weird. Uh, it requires thumbs, I think, to equate to figure out the equation of what works for the Kijush and what does not. And all of it, meaning the, the idea that this woman is or girl, is um, being betrothed by virtue of the amount of time that she puts in you know, in addition to what she's already been sold for, it's kind of, um, as I said, unsettling, off-putting. And I guess that should not surprise us at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean, this isn't a fun death. I mean, the whole idea here is essentially you have this, you know, girl who either the father or the master sort of determines what her fate is going to be. I- I- I'll continue on with the next Brysa which talks a little bit about what this Iyud is, right? Tanur Rabbanam Ketzat Mitzvat Iyud. So also notice it's described as a mitzvah. Um, and again, because I actually think that it's probably considered to be sort of more honorable in a way that whoever the girl is sold to, that he actually agrees to marry her. So Omer Labibne Shnaim. Um, so in front of two witnesses, he has to say, Hare Admi Kodesh Hare atmu right using that same language of Kedushin, a uh, even if it's at the end of those six years time limit for a slave is those six years uh even if it's at the end and end of the last day i you know the point is is that even if he he does the Kedushin right at the end it's still considered to be okay uh and a valid condition the be once that condition is done, he must treat her then as, you know, that the relationship is one based and uh, defined by marriage and not by slavery. So what this would mean is, is that he's actually obligated to do all the things, uh, you know, Min hat torah or according to the Torah, that you are supposed to do for your right, right, which is providing food, clothing, and sexual satisfaction. Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Rabbi, Yo- Rabbi Yossi, in the name of Rabbi Yehuda says, and again, this was, we saw this and also in what you talked about that if there's enough time left in the day for her to do work that's worth a mikudesha, then it's mikudesha. In other words, that work is what will signify the Kiddushan that he doesn't actually have to give her a prutah. But if not, then she would not, uh, the kadusha would not be valid. So then the, you know, The bris goes on to say, right? Mashal, it's a parable too. We're going to compare one halacha to another. will Omar li Shab, Somebody says to, um, uh, if somebody says to uh, to his wife, uh, he or says to a woman, he'd li shab yom. Right? Somebody says to a woman, you will you will be betrothed to me at from now after from like from now after thirty days. And then let's say another man comes and he does Kiddushim with her during those 30 days, right? The halacha would be is that actually the Kiddushim is only valid with the first person. mashal And so then the Gemara wants to know, okay, who is actually suggesting this parable, right? There's two opinions in the brisa, and according to uh, the opinion is, is according to which halacha of the parable. So the Gemara is going to go on to try to explain, you know, is it explaining, is the parable supposed to be to the opinion of Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda, or is the parable supposed to be to the first case that's there, okay, right, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda, being about this, doing the work of Shavu Pruta, or is it supposed to be like the rabbis, I'm going to skip a little bit here, um, and then they bring, you know, another Bryce here, right, which is tan somebody sells his daughter as a slave, Right. And then he does Kiddushin with another man. He's making a mockery of the person who he sold her to. But she actually is. Uh, the Kiddushin is valid to the second one. Even though he sold her, he basically can, the father could still remove that authority basically and still do Kiddushin. And I think also part of this is, is that I think Kiddushin is what's preferable. Again, it, this whole stuff is difficult, but if things like selling your daughter into slavery or giving her to marriage was sort of a type of economic protection or a way of economically, you know, making sure she was taken care of. I think what the Gemara is trying to Sayer is kedushin, marriage, is much preferred than slavery, right? And this is the opinion of <inaudible> But the rabbis say that if the master wanted to designate her, right, he could still designate her and then that second person's kedushin would actually be Void, and then they're going to go on to continue to discuss this. So, uh, the concept of Eiyud is essentially that it, it it takes the slavery relationship and switches it over to a marriage relationship. And again, notice the language of the brace that that is a mitzvah. This is something that I think they are encouraged to do, as opposed to keeping her as a slave. Again, all of this is very difficult to read, and obviously, the woman has no agency in any of this, um, which is. Very, very problematic. I guess I'm trying to see a little bit of I don't even want to call it a silver lining, but sort of like what actually is being done here. I don't think any of this is being done to purposefully torture somebody. Um, I can imagine that this may not have been experienced pleasantly by many people. Um, But the idea is, 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 I think, to have her be married as opposed to have her be a slave.
0: I think, you know, I've been reminded through these dopam, I've been reminded of some news items that happened when, in Afghanistan and Pakistan, like within the past couple of years, I don't remember exactly when, but the stories came out about how the families would sell their daughters to some rich man who is, you know, young daughters, much older men to into marriage, where then they would receive enough money to be able to feed their families for, you know, however long and however many people that would be, and it's a terribly disgusting, awful thing. And like every sphere of it, except for that, literally, these people didn't have enough food, and so, and we're not talking about lavish events, right? So, I, I understand where they come up with this, like, like, what is it, a last resort of selling a daughter to somebody whom in marriage where you don't want to, but. What else are you supposed to do when all the other mouths of the family are going hungry? And I I don't think this excuses anything, but I think it might provide some measure of explanation of societal ills that, you know, or say societal realities that we don't really know from and that we don't want anybody to have to know from. But I'm not sure that there's a magic wand we can wave to eliminate all this kind of hardship in such a way that people don't need to find like, whatever desperate measures they can take to solve the greater hardship.
1: Right. Right. And I don't think anyone's saying any, no one would say any of this is ideal. Like they didn't have social support. This is a social support service, right. That's available. That is halachically sanctioned. Um, But yeah, it's not. And there's a reason we don't do this anymore. And I don't think we would ever go back to this. Well, that's our DAP discussion for the day. Rank us, review us on all major podcasts. Thank you to Rev. Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. Let us know what you thought about the DAP and our Talking On Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn.